This episode of the Model 3 Owners Club podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage on your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit our website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. everyone it's time for the model 3 owners club podcast i'm trevor page and we have so many topics today uh we're just going to jump right, right into it but i want to bring on my usual guest i have eric camacho with me and ian pavelko gentlemen how are you doing tonight hello everybody i'm doing very well thank you trevor how's everyone this night very good in this cold wintry weather it's a little a uh, little yeah. colder than i usually expect it to be this time of year but hey maybe it's just the cold snap that's going by so is 74 cold <laughs> Yeah, right. Rub it, in, rub it don't, in. Rub it in. Rub it in. Don't start. Just don't. Just don't start. Eric, I want you to start tonight because uh, last week when we were talking, uh, you had started a um, a Twitter survey asking about uh, what cars excited people the most about being revealed. Because last week, of course, we talked about uh, you know the upcoming Tesla pickup. So um, yeah, why don't you um, get in here and just tell us uh, what you what you think happened here with the with this thing. Sure. So we uh, put a survey out after last week's show um, in regarding the topics we had, which was um, the vehicles coming forward from Tesla uh, down the pipeline, uh, starting with the Model Y, the semi-truck, the next-gen Roadster, and the pickup truck uh, that Elon mentioned uh, in his interview with uh, Kara Swisher uh, from that episode of Recode Decode. And uh, the results came in. We had just shy of 2,500 votes. Uh, over the last week um, in last place with nine percent was the semi uh, no surprise there uh, in uh, third place was the next gen roadster so the top two ended up being the pickup truck came in at second with 26 percent and uh, far and away uh, the most excited that people are about our upcoming vehicles is the 44 percent respondents uh, selected the model y so is it a matter of it's the next thing? So that's what we're looking forward to seeing, uh, or if it's just really the vehicle people want, which is that midsize SUV? We'll find out. But uh, that's what most of the respondents were excited about. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, come next year when the Model Y finally makes its uh, appearance. That's of course if they hold true their timeline, because Elon has been saying that uh, they're hoping to release or reveal this thing in uh, March. So if history proves right, it'll be right at the last moment, if possible. Um, of course. I'm trying to keep my calendar open because, uh, yeah, we get an opportunity to go down. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, once we have more information, you know, and that thing, you know, a lot of people are going to be asking about the Model Y and when we're going to see the invites go out. Traditionally, mm -hmm. from experience, um, they usually put out the invites no more than about two weeks prior. So when they get the invites, it's like a mad scramble to get flights right. and, and like hotels and stuff. It's a nightmare. It's not, I mean, I wish we had more lead time, but that's just the way mm -hmm. they are. Well, that's good. Thanks for that. Um, no, thank you for all the people who uh, responded. Yes, absolutely. Well, we'll hold some more, you know, when, uh, when we have some more um, things to ask the, you know, the public and stuff, we'll, we'll try to do some more of these polls. So uh, by the way, if you have, uh, if, if any of the listeners or the viewers out there want to see anything in particular for us to discuss or whatever, or some kind of poll, just let us know, get in touch with us and stuff, and uh, we'll put some down. Uh, wow, <laughs> there's so much news that came out this week, so let's just jump in. 
Um, first thing, Elon literally today just tweeted uh, that they have insured U.S. deliveries for Model 3. They're, they're basically going to try and guarantee it by the end of the year, so December 31st, as long as you place your order by November 30th, because they acquired some trucking capacity. So they didn't really disclose how many trucking companies they bought. There was no discussion about this thing that, that they were building their own trucks. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with trying to get the logistics sorted out because what they've discovered is that uh, using rail cars is too inefficient. There's too, mon- uh, there's too much loading and unloading and getting the cars out. So they basically want to truck these cars out as, as quickly as possible. So, uh, yeah, what do, you, what do you guys think about this? I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it's great in a lot of ways, but I, at the same time, I, I really hope they spend a little bit more time protecting the cars. I've seen too many reports of problems mm-hmm. with paint issues and stuff just from mishandling. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, Ian's uh, story with his vehicle was documented very well in this podcast earlier this year. Um, you know, it, it's good to see, like, if if Elon and the company is able to do what they're saying they're going to do now, which is uh, in the next five and a half, six weeks, uh, get most of these orders uh, delivered, uh, as long as they're ordered in the next two weeks, uh, that's that's a monumental thing to to do, especially when if you're looking for certain trims of the vehicle right now in the U.S., you're looking at a six to ten week window. Uh, if last if memory serves from having looked at the design yeah, studio, that's what they said in the past. Yeah. So if if you're if you're saying if someone's looking at it going, ooh, ten weeks puts me into maybe January 2019, but then Elon goes, well, wait a second, hold on, we might be able to deliver the car in six weeks. Uh, if you order now, that's uh, that's an impressive feat if they're able to do it. So um, we know I'm sure they learned a lot of lessons from Q3 deliveries and how that all worked out. So if they feel like they can iron out some of those details and they have um, some of those uh, trucking uh, issues uh, out of the way and, and they can protect the cars, as you're suggesting here, then uh, that would be interesting. But hope, hopefully it's not about rushing them out and really trying to get them on because, you know, we would hate to see some customer experiences um, sort of, you know, tampered in any way because of uh, delivery issues. Yeah, the other thing too is that, um, and I've said this before, and I think most of the consensus is that, uh, you know, Tesla keep pushing at the end of a quarter is not sustainable. It's just too much pressure on everybody. So if they can get that thing kind of sorted out. I, I was talking to somebody locally here in Toronto, and they basically reiterated, because I had asked them, I said, you know, are you going to do the same thing in the fourth quarter as you did in the third quarter? which has tried to get these deliveries pushed out and go to the international center. And they said, we really want to, we don't want to do that again. It's, it's, it's just, it's not feasible to keep doing that. So hopefully they'll, they'll get these logistics sorted out, holding lots so they can deliver these cars and, um, you know, in quicker time. I, you know, it kind of goes back to what Elon said at the, um, uh, at the last uh, earnings call that they really want to get it down to essentially 10 days because they, they were shooting for 30 they were roughly at about 20, but they really want to get it down to 10. So it's, it's a step in the right direction. And I sure hope that they can uh, get it sorted out because, you know, there's that ticking time bomb with the federal tax credit. So a lot of people really want to get these cars as soon as possible to be able to claim that for their taxes. So, yeah. Uh, other news. Let's jump in. Model 3. Now, you know what? This caught me completely and utterly by surprise because I think in the last show I said it's not going to happen. Well, I've been corrected. Model 3 has been confirmed that in Europe it will come with a CCS plug, not the... Um, well, let's just explain, for because I've been fielding this thing ever since it came out. By the way, I'm going to put up a picture here. This is the official image. 
So that is the European CCS plug. So for those of you who don't know, CCS stands for com uh, Combined Charging Standard. Now, what it is, is that it's basically uh, those two extra two pins that you see on the bottom, those are the uh, DC pins. So that's direct current straight from the supercharger straight into the battery. It is a international standard. However, the circular plug that you see at the top changes depending on the country that you're in. So in North America, we use J1772. That's the North American mm -hmm. Level 2 standard. In Europe, they use a Menakees Type 2. That's what you're seeing in this picture. So... Um, right now, there is. I don't think there's going to be any change for North America, at least for the short term. Uh, this really boils down to a change for the European market because with the sheer amount of cars coming on the, the network, they don't have, I don't think, this is a personal opinion here, but I don't think they have the resources to expand the network um, as fast as they need to. And because CCS is much more common in Europe, this is the direction that they went. Um it's also no mystery that the Model 3 charge port in general is much, much larger, so it's easy for them to do this. I think there was some forethought with this. I think I mentioned that last time as well. So they also said that the, as part of this announcement that the superchargers in Europe will be retrofitted with a second cable. So they will still have the standard um, Type 2 plug that they also use for supercharge on the SNX, but they were going to go to the superchargers and add this new CCS cable. And they will also make a adapter available for Model S and Model X to use the CCS. So you'll have CCS on one end and then Type 2 on the other. So what do you guys think this means for North America? Do you think that they're going to start retrofitting the supercharging network to accommodate this for us as well? Or do you think they're just going to leave it just the way it is now and just live with supercharging and the proprietary Tesla plug that we're using? Mm -hmm. Hmm. I... I'm going to venture a guess, and uh, seeing as how you've had some humble pites in, in this episode, and you might have <laughs> hey, been wrong. Hey, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. No, you know, and that, and that's good that we do that. I mean, we, we want to be honest with our, our listeners and our followers. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, posit this notion that nothing changes here in North America. Um, whether they give adapters to some customers, I, who knows, but I think they're going to kind of leave it at it is. I think it's because the network is still ever expanding, you know, because somewhere a station's opening up uh, and, and adding more, more uh, stalls. I, I think we're just going to leave it as is for now. That's just my guess. If I'm going to throw something out there. I was also fielding a lot of stuff on Twitter because people were asking me, well, do you mm -hmm. think, you know, what, what's the cost of this adapter? I mean, they're going to really screw us and stuff. And I, I had to go back and actually look at the announcement. And I had actually initially I had missed the part that they were going to retrofit them with a second cable. So I was like, okay, well, mm -hmm. now you're not forced to actually buy an adapter, but who knows what the future will hold. So I think for those, yeah. you know, if they do end up switching and actually, you know, abandoning the, the you know, the, the usual te uh, supercharger plug that they use over there, that um, they're going to have to make this adapter relatively affordable. Because right now, mm -hmm. if you look at a Chatmo adapter, what is it, 450 US or something? So, um, yeah, sounds right. Yeah. But I'm kind of with you. Right now, North America is just like, mm, just kind of leave it alone. There's a pretty big installed base, but... Uh, Anyway, I just think it's it's great, and you know, there, there's a, I think there's something underlying a lot of this that not a lot of people are thinking about or may have missed, um, you know, supercharger version three, and we all know CCS has the ability uh, to go way beyond uh, 150 kilowatt. Uh, so I think there's some underlying things going on here with Model Three in in terms of the car actually being designed to actually handle these. Um, 
uh, faster charging rates that are surely coming down the road, um, especially since the network in Europe is already starting to support these higher charging standards. So I think it's a step in the right direction uh, for those guys. What it means for us in North America, who knows? <laughs> mm-hmm. So we have to take that into account a little bit. But uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of people were thinking about that. And I was, you know, after the announcement, I started thinking about that. And I was like, hmm, yeah, I think it's kind of, you know, dovetailing into maybe some future plans for these guys. So all in all, I think it's good news, but it certainly caught us all by surprise. I couldn't believe it when I first saw it. I was just like, what? Never thought. But hey, you know, stuff happens. All right. Let's move on. Some other changes that happened this week. Model S and X design studio changes. Um, A lot of this dovetails into what Elon had announced. Um, I think he was saying by November, I think it was November 1st, he said Mm -hmm. that there were going to be some changes to the Model S and X, and it took a little longer, but um, now these changes are here. Eric, you want to give us a a little bit of a rundown as to what's changed? Absolutely. Thanks, Trev. So very simply put, the number of options that you can select when designing your vehicles from the online design studio have been reduced predominantly in the model s so with the sedan the uh sunroof option uh, that's sort of a controversial selection there by some people's minds uh the sunroof is not something you can order now uh that is off menu uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit uh the rear facing children seats uh, in the back of the vehicle that's also now considered off menu uh there's the 72 amp onboard charger which for certain countries is something that you could select that is again off menu and uh there is one more option i'm sort of forgetting but again that's that's the majority of those uh and now the oh i'm sorry the black textile seats yes of course i was gonna say uh the textile seats are no longer an option default in the car the uh premium black interior is now considered the standard interior uh, for both of those flagship vehicles. Now, for the Model X, uh, again, those uh, the seating interior, the um, onboard amp charger, uh, that's uh, sort of off Yeah, we menu. lost the center console in the six-seat variant. Right? right, exactly. I was going to mention that. So you now have the six-seat configuration without the center console. Uh, that's the only other major change there. And then the prices changed for the vehicles because of that. So the base price for a 75D Model S and X each went up by $1,000. But if you were to change the black interior to, say, cream or white, um, that's also where Trevor was wrong. He thought cream would be gone. Cream is here to stay. Congratulations for those of you that like cream. Yeah, well, there you uh, go. <laughs> the, the price to upgrade uh, is the difference in price. So it's about uh, $1,500 uh, to change that to those interiors. So minor changes, uh, but if you are looking to... Uh, order those vehicles with some of those off-menu items. The recommendation is you just simply visit your local Tesla store, uh, work with the owner advisors and the customer experience specialists in your location, and they can assist you with getting those vehicles with those options you still want. Of course, if you are looking for an inventory vehicle as well, then you might find those options are still uh, there to be had. So that's that's what we have for right now, but it's exciting changes, I think, and makes the ordering process a little bit easier. Um, but we'll see moving forward if there's any more changes to come. I just hope that they stop making changes eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, now, I'm not saying just for the sake of making changes. I'm just saying, like, you know, at some point, you're just not going to have any more options uh, to be able to mm-hmm. order. I mean, it's going to be like Model 3 right now. Basically, choose your choose your color and choose your wheels and all-wheel drive yeah. or not. That's basically it. I think... You know, for a discerning public, when you're spending this kind of money on a car, they really should have a few more options, considering that they're they're not increasing 
necessarily production. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it may increase some production on their end. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're making 2,000 cars a week, is that what they're making on SNX? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. You know, give us a few more options, guys. I mean, you know, um, I'm, you know, a lot of people are going to lament the fact that uh, you can't get the sunroof anymore because it's the only way you can get a roof rack, right? Because right. on the Model S, you need the sunroof in order to have the attachment points for the roof rack. So I know a lot of people are going to be upset about that. It's not the end of the world, mind you, because if you want to put a bike rack on the top, you can get sea suckers or something like that. Those work very well. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm surprised that the cream stayed around. I was sure that was going to go away. But uh, this, this, If you guys want to know what the title of the show might be, it's uh, Trevor's Wrong. <laughs> um, also, I yeah, want to remember. That's a good show I, title, I just, and we will use it. That's true. About that? <laughs> I, just, I just remembered uh, the other Model S option that is now off menu is the 21-inch black Onyx wheels. Uh, those still are available if you have a referral program. Uh, you can still earn the wheels through that, but it is now no longer an option to order with the vehicle uh, from the design stage. Yeah, they call them 21-inch sonic carbon twin turbine wheels. Well, that's a mouthful. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can get those for sure. Um, colors haven't changed. We're still talking about the standard black, midnight silver, mm-hmm. metallic blue, white, and the red. And, of course, the red price is still crazy bring back midnight silver or uh, titanium and silver this, <laughs> and this is a very important thing to note here and trevor's sort of harped on this a number of times because of the fact that we've seen so many changes through tesla's history if there's something you want and it's available now just get it you know it, you know if the situation is you're in yes, a lease for a vehicle you know if, if you're if there's some unique situation where you're in school your kids are in college you're you know you're retiring and whatever it is if there's some extenuating circumstance that keeps you from getting into a car right now understandable but in many cases if you're waiting for something to happen it may not work in your favor if you're looking to get into a tesla and you're doing it look each of us are owners you can use our referral codes just get into a car because whether it's the supercharging program, if it's uh, the referral program, if it's the paint colors, something is bound to change at some point. It's inevitable with this company. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, try not to wait if you can avoid it and, uh, and, and just go ahead and get your order in as soon as you can. <laughs> Here's another show title. What te- Tesla giveth, tes- Tesla can taketh. <laughs> yes, taketh away, yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, lots of changes. So, yeah, Eric's absolutely right. So don't sit on the fence. If you see something, jump in because it will change and not always for the better. So, mm-hmm. um, Some other news. Supercharging program has changed yet again. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious by now, if you've been paying attention over the last year and a bit, that uh, the supercharging program has been going uh, undergoing considerable amount of clawbacks. There was a time when supercharging was free for life, included with the car. Um, for always, you know, even if you sold the car, it followed the car. Then they changed the program so that you got free supercharging for as long as you owned the car and it didn't follow you. That's in the case of me with the Model X. If I sell it, it's gone. And then they said free supercharging for one year. And then they changed it again, free supercharging for six months. That's what's in place right now. Uh, they also had a program where if you got the supercharging on a credit for the S and the X, never applied for the Model 3, of course, which was 400 kilowatt of free supercharging renewed every year on the anniversary date of your pickup, that is now gone as of November 2nd. So basically, supercharging as we see it, as we know it today, um, is costing them money. They want to move to a paid per use program. 
And uh, it would not surprise me that as of December 10th, which is when the current referral program ends, it is completely gone. No more free supercharging. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Now, they will make some changes. How much they make, I don't know. But the writing's been on the wall for a very long time. That mm-hmm. this is this is something that's coming down the pike. So if you're in the market for a car again and you want any kind of perk, now's the time to jump in because supercharging is just not here forever. Now, I was always in the impression that we would have some kind of free supercharging or some kind of perk, at least for the mm-hmm. S and the X, at least in some kind of way. You had to get it as far as a referral code. I would be personally, personally. I think it would be very sad for them to disappear, at least for the S and the X. There's margins in those cars to be able to absorb it six months, a year, whatever. Mm. I Personally, I'm sad to see it go, um, but it is what it is. If they take it away, um, they, they take it away. But I want you guys to chime in on this. I know you have Model 3s, and it doesn't really you know, apply to you guys. Not that it matters. I'm just curious to see what your thinking is on on these changes i mean do, do you do you think as well like when december 10 rolls around that the that it's going to be gone as well that's just my personal thinking uh ian you want to go first yeah ian yeah yeah sure well i i was so so happy thrilled that i got in under the wire yeah you were like, lucky I think, yeah i mean one of the last cars they're ever going to make that had the lifetime deal um, so, you know, and of course now there's the whole controversy over it since they adjusted the price, you know, are people going to keep the free supercharging? Are they going to go for the credit if they offer it? I'm on board with the free supercharging. I absolutely love it. I think that was a great thing for them to do. I would like to see them in future, you know, bring it back here and there where the margin on whatever car it is makes sense. But I tend to agree with you, Trev, in the short term, I think they're going to try and shy away from it. You know, I mean, they are getting more profitable by the day. There's no question about that. But I think, think about how the population of cars is going to explode in the next couple of years. And it isn't a question of just of what the charging costs them right now. They're going to have to pour tons of money into building more and more chargers to support mm-hmm. all these cars. So they're going to need to recoup. You know, that system's going to have to pay for itself at some point. Uh, and when you start getting into the volume of cars, and as we go, don't forget the margins, I think, are going to get a little thinner because we're going to see the more the medium range, more the standard range threes coming out. And since they are overwhelmingly the large part of the population, I just see it as a necessity in order for them to uh, to do this. I mean, your, your point's well taken. Margin is there in S and X, but maybe they just overall as a company want to approach it as like no this is really no longer part of it you know the 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 supercharging still is not terribly expensive certainly far less than gas so i guess they're seeing it really low as uh is not really an objection to buying it is is how they're looking at it and it is you know significant cost for them on the other end so yeah like it to your point Ian, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when yeah you know they just can't keep doing it this way i mean you know there there are not i mean here in florida last year we had this um, major hurricane with hurricane irma where a large swath of the state uh had no power and within 24 to 36 hours most of these uh supercharger stations were back online which is a, a amazing accomplishment when you think about it but that's also comes at a cost and so there's getting to a point where it's not even just the the cost of charging the vehicle it's the you know the property that the charging stations are on you know any kind of uh, contracts agreements you know whatever tesla's doing but even just the energy itself the more vehicles as we're alluding to now the more vehicles in the road the more that are charging there the more upfront cost tesla is having to incur and you know there's going to get to a point where 
all this energy has been given away for free for so long. Yeah. Now, whether the program date comes up in mid-December and they decide to extend it to the end of the year or maybe uh, the first quarter of 2019, we don't know. Um, I, I'm, I mean, Trevor, we know that in history, when it comes to a referral program, dates are very loosey-goosey. Things can change uh, all the time. They may just decide to extend something for the heck of True. it. Um, but we have at least seen lately that the majority of these referral dates have been, at least for most of this year, are pretty firm or at least maybe extended by 30 days or so. So I, I'm sort of in your camp there. I, th- I think it's going to happen in December, whether it's the 10th or the end of the month, maybe. But that's that's just my hunch. I, th- I think I think by by the time we roll the calendar into the new year, it'll be it'll be done for the free super. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see what they do. I mean, since we're we're on the topic of the referral program, um, I, we've noticed some definite changes since they brought the Model Three online and it qualified for these. Of course, we've seen the clawback on the free supercharging. Now it's six months, mm-hmm. um, but they've also rejiggered the prizes on the lower end now. So now the lower end is not the wall connector anymore or the Model S for kids. Now they've moved those up the line a little bit because it's just yeah. I think for some people. Now, now that Model 3 qualifies that, you know, um, what is it? The freebie? I think it's the, um, the send a photo into space, it's, right? It's the photo in space, yeah. which I'm probably going to I'm probably going to do a Photoshop photo of you saying that you were wrong and have that sent to space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think I might just do that. I might have to. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, you know, if somebody on Twitter asked uh, Elon if the, if, you know, if he could send a picture of Dick Butt, and Elon says we don't judge, so I won't anything. judge you, you can <laughs> if that's anything. what you want to do. Yeah, you have my permission. That's perfectly fine. There you go. So yeah, I, I'd be, you know, I'm very curious to see what they do. I mean, it will change, um, or it could just be outright canceled. I mean, Elon did say I think a little mm-hmm. while ago. He says that the program's not sustainable long term. So right. what Elon thinks in terms of sustainable, is that short-term, long-term? I, I really don't know at this point. So, mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, we should mention, of course, that Tesla did do everybody solid out in California and enabled the supercharging for those affected by the wildfires. So, uh, you know, kudos to Tesla for doing that. They're always doing the yes. right thing when it comes to that, right? They did it for Florida twice now. And, uh, yeah, doing it again for California. Yeah, so. did it for the hurricane, too, in uh, the Carolinas earlier yeah, this exactly. year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the power of, you know, over-the-air updates. They can just flip a switch and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unlock some extra battery capacity or make it free for people to get out of danger. So yeah. I like that. That's really cool. Okay. Um, want to talk about one more little bit uh, on some Model 3 stuff uh, before we get into some other general news. Uh, the key fob. The f- we knew the key fob was coming for some time. Um, there was an FCC, uh, document that was leaked some time ago, um, you know, no pictures or anything like that, but there was definitely key fob coming and then Radio Canada, um, got, uh, approval for Tesla. So we had that. And then finally it's been released. So the details are, it's $150 US, $200 Canadian for this thing. It is Bluetooth. And unfortunately there's no passive entry, which is wah, 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 because, you know what, I, Ian, I want you to chime in on this because you were directly affected because you had an Android phone, and I think this is targeted for those of the people that have problematic, I, you know, I don't want to generalize too much, but people that have um, Android phones that have experienced some Bluetooth connectivity pro, uh, problems. But the fact that it doesn't have passive entry is just like, well, what were they thinking? <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I mean, to me, that would be one of the major reasons to have it. You know, I probably would have stuck with android at that point i mean i i know iphone people out there are going to hate me i've converted okay i'm part of you now so no no hate no, comments no, please I've this switched. is this is not a religious thing here it's i don't care what you use i've had both i, I think i'm not it's, sure and i've talked to a lot of really hardcore cultists oh yeah well you know phones. you'll get that sure 
sure. Yeah. Bring on the iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. People are so excited that I got an iPhone. Oh, finally, you've become one of us. It's like my <laughs> my my message is coming in blue. Well, you're oh, into the second cult like... now. You're in the first Tesla cult. Now you're in the Apple. That's what cult they're now. saying. They're saying, where else? What are you going into next? You know, it's like. Oh, well, it's a gateway drug, man. Certainly, you get yeah. your PC and you'll be buying a MacBook or something. If next. you guys want to find him on Snapchat, he'll be signing up after the show. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, to your point, absolutely. I cannot for the life of me understand why you wouldn't have lock and lock on the thing passive like that just kind of blows my mind. Um, I just can't see a, a thing for this. I mean, a lot of us were thinking that this thing is finally going to enable summon for Canadians. Right. Nowhere to be seen. No way. And that was speculation on my part because I was just going based on how they do things with the S and the X. In the right. US, you can use summon from the key fob. Mm-hmm. But in Canada, we can only do it from the app because we have a law that's uh, countrywide uh, for vo- uh, a vehicle immobilizer. Mo- that's what it is. And we just assumed it was tied to the key fob. Well, here's the Model 3 key fob. It has no summit. It has no passive entry. Who the hell is this thing for? Like, what's the point? I don't get it. And everybody's online and, and, and everybody, oh, I'm not buying that thing. Like, what? no, you are not any, uh, under any obligation to buy the thing. So don't buy it. What are you complaining about? But at the same point, it's like, I want to understand, what's Tesla's thinking? Why would they do this when it's so limited? Like, what's the point? I don't get it. Well, I guess my first question is, um, is there going to be a button where you can actively lock and unlock on the fob? No, I believe that there's buttons to actively lock and unlock it, but the thing doesn't even have passive entry. So no matter which way you look at it, you still have to have your phone with you or at least the key card to unlock the bloody doors. Yeah. So I don't get it. No. No, we're we're missing some it. piece of the puzzle. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say well, that there's there's something here that we still don't know. Absolutely. Right? But uh, what's the story though? And you look hey, at Tesla support software update. Well, yeah. well, uh, true. But um, I I read um, I forget where I saw it, but they said something about the the reason they can't do passive entry is because there's no hardware in the car to allow that from the Bluetooth key fob. It's mm. missing the hardware that does that. So whether they do it through some other mechanism or something, I don't know. Who knows? But unfortunately, even on Tesla's support page for the for the key fob, there's no mention of summon. It had to be done by somebody else. Somebody actually go and spend the hundred fifty dollars to get it home to find out. Oh, by the way, it doesn't do that. Like Tesla didn't even tell anybody about that. So communication again, wah, wah, fail, 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 fail. So I'm sorry, but um, yeah, Tesla hey, really needs a, to do it, better. It makes a nice hundred and fifty dollar paperweight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. That's my rant for the evening. Um, on better news, let's move on to some better news. Uh, Tesla has been taking Model 3 and putting them in stores in Germany, France, Sweden, Norway, Italy, Belgium, and in some of the Asian countries in Hong Kong, China, and Japan. Finally, finally it's happened. And these stores have been swamped with people. Um, particularly I've been following some of the, um, some of the news that's been coming out. The stores in Norway have been swamped 24 seven. I have a Twitter follower. He uh, goes by the handle Vincent 13031925. Awesome name, dude. Um, he follows the Asian market quite a bit. And he said that he received confirmation, of course, from Elon directly that, uh, China can expect deliveries in March, but, uh, certainly in April. Now keep in mind, China is a left-hand drive country. So, um, I, that's happened a lot sooner. I was expecting to see uh, Model 3 basically mid-2019. So if their production ramp, uh, which is actually increasing, 
Um, I think there's reports that were leaking out today through an email internally at Tesla saying that they're trying to reach uh, 7,000 cars by the end of the month per week. So uh, I think they're really pushing hard to get these uh, cars to start that's production. That's just Model 3? That's just Model 3. Woo! 7,000 a week. That's their goal by the end of the nice. month. Now, hopefully they can reach that. It might be burst. I don't know. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on that as it goes. But uh, they're really ramping things up because, again, you know, from the last earnings call, uh, they want to start production for the European countries in January and uh, delivery starting in February, March. And it looks like they're they're hauling butt to really get into China as soon as possible. Um, so, yeah, it's really encouraging. This, this thing has taken off. And <laughs> you know what? Um, I think, the, and I don't have a picture here, unfortunately, to show people, but the invite basically said... We're coming for you. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com. That's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B. To see the science behind the self-healing, check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. Uh, now, I don't know if that meant to the general public or they're targeting the Germans. <laughs> because... Yeah, it sounds a little menacing. I don't really think that's how I would put it towards the customers. I, well, I, you know, I don't know. We are I coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> Inspector Gadget there. Um yeah, I think the Germans are going to be quaking in their boots because if this thing hits... I mean, the, the thing you have to remember about Europe is that we're talking in sedans. They sell way more sedans in Europe than they do anything else. Not like North mm -hmm. America. We're very much into SUVs and small SUVs. Right. But They're in so Europe, civilized. we're talking a market that's two to three times bigger for sedans. This is going to give Germans ulcers like you wouldn't believe. Well, that's because in America, we like large things. <laughs> well... <laughs> I want to put a car inside my SUV. Can, can, can you make one of those? That'd be fantastic. Also, part of the segment realized Trevor again said something that he thought, indicating he was wrong again. So really, this is now the third such instance in the show where Trevor was wrong. All right, all right. I took the hint. Now, we bear got the in show mind, title. his wife knows he's always wrong, but that's fine. Happy wife, happy life. That's what they say. By that's the way, right. if everybody wants oh, to well, say hi, it's my wife's birthday today. So happy birthday, dear. Anyways. Ah, well, that's good news. Everybody's been looking forward to this. So oh, finally, yeah. some positive news for those countries coming in. Um, oh, by the way, the key fob sold out in one day, by the way. <laughs> it went really quick. That I saw, right. yeah. So no matter what our lame objections are to it, apparently the public is voting with their wallets. And Whatever. Vote, yeah. It's like the Tesla surfboards. Whatever they put up something up there, it sells in no time. That's true. Yeah, the surfboard was a weird thing. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a surfer. What the heck am I going to do with a surfboard? But hey, you you're know, not. A, no, that physique. A, why not? A, uh, <laughs> it's just, we have no waves, dude. <laughs> now, snowboard. That's something we can use. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. All right. Um, we want to end the show. No, I'll not end the show. But we want to get into the next segment of the show, and I want to talk about the situation with Model Three. And the winter situation, because some of us that live north of the 49th parallel are having, having some issues. Um, so I want to talk about the situation with door handles, doors, cold temperatures in general. I want, Ian, I also want you to talk about snow tires and the regen situation, because it's all over the forum. So for those of you who are not aware, there have been uh, some articles floating around and some videos floating around and people reporting 
um, frozen windows, uh, meaning that the car's windows won't do the quarter-inch drop so you can clear the trim. Um, there have been loss of regen with the switch to winter tires. There's been problems with the door handles freezing. Um, part of this you have to understand, though, too, is that there's a lot more exposure given the number of cars that are on the market. So it's not necessarily everybody. It's just amplified. So, But in a lot of ways, it does represent a potential issue that I don't know can be fixed right now. I do remember when I first saw the Model 3 door handles in person and I touched them, I was like, hmm, I wonder how this is going to work out for the winter. Because at the time, I had no... Um, uh, I had no knowledge whether those door handles would be, in, like the pocket at least, would be internally heated. Um, apparently they're not. So, uh, yeah, let's get in on this. I want to, I want to, I want you guys to jump in. And uh, Ian, I think you were mentioning before the show started that you had some firsthand uh, knowledge of this. So why don't you jump in and tell us what your experience has been? Yes, uh, this happened to me last night. We got the big cold snap that's been hitting the uh, the Northeast uh, over the last couple of days. And uh, it was around... 10 degrees below zero uh, Celsius last night. So what's that? Kind of in the low teens or almost single digit, I would assume, in the Fahrenheit scale. And, uh, yeah, when I came out after work, even though I'd had the um, the climate control on for a good 20 minutes, the interior 14, was roasting. 14 Fahrenheit, for those of you who want to know. 14 Fahrenheit. There we go. So low teens. So, um, yeah. So I preheated the car in anticipation that this might be an issue. And it still wasn't enough to uh, unfreeze the window. So my routine is normally I always just trigger the back door so I can unlock the charge port because we have an SAE charger at the office currently. And to unlock it quickly, that's that's the, the quickest way to do it. And the minute I did that, the the window refused to go down. So I popped it out under, under force, sort of underneath the trim. And then when I went to close it, of course, it was still in the up position. It hadn't retracted. So now it's banging into the trim. So mm. I just terrified at this point i was going to break the glass i just gingerly gave it another little thunk to see if it would pop underneath and then bang it suddenly unlocked and popped all the ice off the bottom of it and, and it, it it dropped so it, it did this little quarter inch drop and it worked fine afterwards. So, so the part that you're talking about you're talking about the 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 door seal along the bottom of the glass on the door itself that's the part that was frozen yeah i mean okay. um i i watched your video today and i, I recommend everybody well, we'll do talk that. about that in a second yeah, exactly. Did a great video on it um, on how to solve this. But in my case, it would seem you could see there was like a long white line of ice along the seal at the base of the glass. That seemed to be the one that was problematic in my case. Interestingly, the front didn't have as much of a problem dealing with it. When I opened the driver's door in front, it there was just a, a two fraction of a second lag and it it dropped itself yes. in and it popped the ice. It was OK. But I, I'm assuming that's because with the heat and the defrost on, the front glass got warm enough that it was able to thaw most of the way out. It's the rear glass, uh, obviously, that would take longer to, for the heat to, to reach back in the cabin. Mm -hmm. So um, I should say that the door handles worked fine. They were slow to retract. I, I was, you know, They're they, oil dampened, so that explains that. Yeah, exactly. It's just the oil gets a little slower. And so my, my at first I thought, oh, are they going to stay out? Nope. Ooh, they just kind of slowly retracted. <laughs> yeah. But no, no issues there at all. Okay, so I want to talk about the glass on the front windows, just so that everybody's aware here. Now, this is not necessarily just a Tesla thing. All cars have frozen windows sometimes. My Lincoln, I would go get coffee and it was super cold out, and the window would freeze. So I have to open the door. So it's not just a Tesla thing. It's not just frameless windows. My Lincoln had full-framed windows, and they still froze. Um, I did a video today trying to explain what I think is actually going on here with these frameless windows in the sense that it's a combination of 
glass being porous at the microscopic level, plus the door seals, the inner door seals that Tesla is using on the cars being rough in texture rather than typically smooth. And when you have a rough texture like that on both areas, if you get any kind of moisture or water, like if you wash your car or something like that, if it gets in there and it gets a chance to freeze, then it actually acts like a glue. Now, there's not much you can do on the door seal along the bottom of the window. I'm talking just, you know, uh, around the seals and stuff. So in my video, what I show is that you can use like a silicone lubricant. And I do this about uh, twice a season. I started doing this when I had my Lincoln. Uh, based on someone's recommendation, and that's just to spray the seals, the inner and the outer door seals, with a little bit of silicone lubricant because it effectively blocks the glass from freezing against those seals. Uh, generally, it works pretty good. It doesn't eliminate the problem perfectly, but it does help tremendously. The seal along the bottom of the window, well, it's really tough to get any kind of lubricant in there. I, I think you could probably peel it back a little bit and spray a little bit, throw a little pipette on the end of the... Uh, the spray thing there and then get a little bit in there to help but um hey you know when things freeze so the pro tip as i put out on tw on twitter today don't wash your car in the cold and leave it sit outside take the time dry it off blow out the air as best you can in those situations uh when i had my model x at first i will be completely honest my passenger side door gave me lots of problems i the actual motor or the regulator in the door failed, and at one point I could not put the window back up. It had to be replaced. And when I took it in, now keep in mind the circumstances were um, were very cold. We had minus 28 Celsius on, on those days, so it was really, really cold. And they had a rash of, of problems with cars. And I noticed, uh, you know, the service technicians were bringing cars into the service bays, and they were running the uh, the heat in the car full blast. Uh, to try and, uh, you know, defrost some of the windows and stuff. So their recommendation was, of course, um, either use the uh, app on your phone or the um, uh, the smart preconditioning in your car, if you have that, um, and put the temperature up at full blast. I've gotten in the habit, if I know I'm going to be leaving the house at least half an hour before I leave, I go onto the app and I turn on the heat in the car. It's not good enough to just turn on the heat. You have to run it at full blast because that way as you get the, you know, the... Uh, it actually turns on the defrost, which helps the windows as well. When you do that, I haven't had any issues. So, um, yeah, the door handle situation, who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, I don't know if there's a fix or a retrofit that they can do. You know, anything's possible with Tesla. But I do believe that the more feedback that you give them, um, the better it'll be for them to be able to find some kind of solution or whatever. Um, have you had any issues with your charge port? Because I know a lot of people have some issues with the Model 3 charge port being a little bit more exposed than the S and the X. I know in my case, I always make a point of if there's any snow or ice buildup, I always clear it out. As soon as I unplug the cable, I clear it out so it closes properly so it doesn't freeze again. Model 3, it's a different animal. Charge port's bigger. It's more on an angle. The charge port's bigger, um, you know. So I don't know um, what, this, what the solution is to all this. I know some people have been putting... Um, uh, like a bag, like take a plastic bag, put your cable through it, and then just kind of draping that. That, I mean, it's a kludge, but if it helps your charge port from freezing and your cable from freezing, that's, uh, you know, certainly a solution. Um, any, you, have you had any issues with that, Ian? Not really, because your car lives in the garage, doesn't it? 
No, no, no. That's been taken over by the vault. <laughs> that's that's the missus spot. I don't I don't get that the garage anymore. Garage queen. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, the fact of the matter is the the vault has a pretty decent uh, electric heater in it, but it takes it quite a while to get up to a comfy temperature. Whereas you know anybody who has had a three uh, in even the deepest cold yet will tell you it, you can turn the interior of the car into the into the surface of the sun in ten minutes. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. That's a really how good heater. In it. You can get it preheating the car. Yeah, that isn't an issue at all. So mine will probably spend most of its time outside. The other thing too is um we use an insane amount of salt in the province of quebec and mm-hmm. um, i've had miserable uh, issues by putting the car in the garage every night and having it thaw out with all the salt humidity and everything so mine is going to live uh, the tough life outside just with a lot of preconditioning in the morning mm-hmm. mine's the same way um, um but the, yeah to your point trev about the the charging thing um we haven't had a significant amount of snow you know we've had good cold flash the last two nights mm-hmm. The charge port's been mint. I haven't had any issues okay. just with the pure cold. We're going to get the better part of a foot of snow, though, over the next 24 hours. That'll be an interesting test. Oh, yeah. Please keep us up to date on that. We'll uh, one or two more pro tips, and then I want you to kick in and talk about tires, snow tires specifically, because we're in that season now. First things first, get in the habit. If your car lives outside, turn off autofold on your mirrors. The last thing you want is any kind of snow or ice and stuff buggering up the motors in there. That would be an expensive mm-hmm. repair. Second of all, too, is if you don't have any kind of cover for your windshield on account of the windshield wipers going down a little bit deeper, especially on the Model X because it's really buried in there, put your wipers into service mode. Tap on settings, go into service, turn on service mode. That'll keep the uh, wipers out so that you can um, uh, chip them off and get the ice out because I know in my car, if I get a lot of snow, it buries my my, uh, windshield wipers way down deep. And it's a nightmare. So um, just a little pro tip for you. So having said that, Ian. Oh, yes. Wait, Eric, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I, have a co- I have a comment and a question for you guys. So okay. the comment is for those of us listeners and people like me who live in warmer climates, these are great tips to know. No, no, if, I'm, I'm serious. But if you're going to if you're going <laughs> to ever I'm, I'm travel. Yeah, yeah, of course. If you're going to travel somewhere uh, where these conditions exist and you own an electric car, it's good to know these things, because if you're not used to it, I mean, these guys can tell you everything there is to know about cold climate with snow tires and everything else. These guys are consummate professionals. They know their stuff. I'm listening to this and going. Wow, I never would have thought of that. So if you listen to the show, um, download it, save it, take segments, write notes, put reminders in your phone. Ian has an iPhone now. He can use a reminders app. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but jot these things down just because you may have to come to use it if you ever come across an area where even here in the southern half of the U.S. where there are still areas where it snows. It does snow in Florida in the panhandle, so it, it certainly can come to that. But my question for you guys is this. Since uh, I know, Ian, you own a Model 3 like I do, but uh, for Trevor, if what are the, the sub-zero features of the Model X? How, how helpful have those been in situations like this? And even with your suggestion of having the wipers and service mode and stuff like that, how, how helpful is it to use the, uh, the sub-zero features? So first things first, uh, my Model X does not have the sub-zero <gasps> package. It used to be a la carte. Yes, if you yes. remember, it used to be an a la carte option. You used to be able to order. Uh, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna. I think it was two thousand twenty five hundred bucks or something like that. And shortly before I bought my car, I think it was July of last year, they switched it so that it was it was included in the premium upgrades package, okay. which was way out of my budget. And honestly, out of all of those features, the only thing I really wanted was the heating steering wheel. But I'm not spending that kind of money for a bloody steering wheel. 
Um, so I forego, I forgave that, that option. Um, my understanding is the, uh, cold weather package, Sub-Zero, whatever you want to call it, at least on the Model X gives you the heated rear passenger seats, much like the Model 3 does now, a heated steering wheel and a heated area, um, along where the windshield wipers are. And yeah, had I known that and it was cheaper, I mean, look, Mm -hmm. if the the Sub-Zero package was still available at the time when I bought the car a la carte, I would have bought it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But the fact that it was embedded in the premium upgrades package, and for me, it was the option between, do I get that or I want the six seats? The six seats won out. That's where I spent the extra money. So I can't answer that 100%, but these are tips that work for me. Um, it's not perfect. I mean, we all know, um, for those of us who live in the colder climates that the mm-hmm. colder climate certainly brings its own set of challenges in an EV range loss. For one, you have the defrosting issues. Tesla has things like uh, flush door handles that has its own set of issues. Right. Fortunately for me on the model X, I haven't had any issues with the door handles being that they're buttons and not these large physical things that actually moved. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've never had any ice buildup or anything like that. So, uh, but for me, it's mostly, you know, my passenger door gave me the most trouble when I first had it. But since it's all been fixed, it's never been an issue after that. How how cold can it get if you store the vehicle in the garage? Like in, in the garage itself? Like if you, let's say, for example, it's it's 30 below zero centigrade. Uh, for those of you that use the metric system, which is pretty much everybody but us in the U.S., um, <laughs> what, what, how would how cold would you would you say it might be in your garage? Well, it would get that. Well, like my car's not, um, uh, my garage is not insulated. So okay. if you don't have any insulation, it could be pretty much the you know the same temperature outside as it inside. Oh, okay. Um, but go up a ladder and go up into the loft, it's certainly quite a few degrees hotter. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if if you have a, a garage that's in your house or, or in your like if you're at a townhouse or something or a fully detached house and it's fully insulated, oh, it could be it, it's still cold, but it's uh, considerably be uh, warmer. Uh, the nice advantage in a lot of the cases though too is that. Um, you know, you're not outside in the elements, right? So if it's rains or snows right. or that type of thing, you don't get that. Now, if you leave the rain or snow in the car and you bring it into the garage, that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean it's going to melt, right? It just sits on the car. And then, of course, you still have freezing temperatures a lot of ways. So it doesn't really help. If the car, if your car garage is heated and insulated, well, it's a different animal altogether. But not everybody's that uh, that, um, that fortunate, so... Awesome. Thank you. Again, these are great tips, everybody. If you, if you don't live in a cold climate, this is what these deal, people deal with every day for like six months of the year. So, <laughs> Well, if you move and your point is taken that if you live in a warmer climate and you happen to go vacation or you go to a colder climate, somebody's from Florida wants to come up to Canada in the colder months and stuff, uh, these are good tips. You, you know, just keep them, uh, keep them in the back of your mind. So having said that, I want to move on to the next section here because we're going a little long on the show tonight. Ian, I want you to talk about Snow tires, because there's been a lot of talk about Model 3 and snow tires. Of course, now there's a big bugaboo or big uh, elephant in the room that's happened right now, and that's the loss of regen in the colder months, especially if you don't buy Tesla's uh, tire package, of course, because a lot of people have been looking for third party. So I want you to kick in here and just tell everybody what your experience has been. And please tell everybody what snow tires are all about, because... Um, Eric was asking about, you know, what's the difference with snow tires compared to uh, the typical all seasons that come with the cars? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, there's really th- three categories now of tires that we could consider for use in the snow. I mean, four overall. So, I mean, you have pure summer tires, which would be something like um, the PS4 that comes on uh, the performance car with the upgrade pack. 
And that you don't want to get anywhere near snow. That is an instant recipe for death. <laughs> you then have the standard all season tire, which has been around, you know, for 30 plus years, as we understand it. That would be something like uh, the standard Michelin uh, 18 inch or the 19 inch, which comes on Model 3. Both of those are considered conventional all season tires. Um, they can handle small amounts of light snow uh, and colder, certainly colder than freezing temps. They're not ideal, but for light use, you know, uh, with, with reasonable care, they can get you through most situations, but they're not ideal. If you live in any kind of normal winter climate or what we consider normal winter climate up here in either the northeastern U.S. or Canada, you really want a winter tire. And at that point, you're uh, into the zone where you know, the rubber compounding is really dedicated at functioning at colder temperatures. And anything below about 7 degrees C or, you know, give or take 40, 45 degrees Fahrenheit, they start to have a significant advantage. And the colder it gets, the bigger that advantage becomes. So particularly on ice, there's an enormous difference uh, for accelerating, for braking, for cornering. And all that has to do with the fact that the rubber compounding is softer. And particularly if you go with the smallest diameter wheel you can get away with and the tallest tire, that has a big effect because you want the tire to react sluggishly. It's like when I train people at work in this, I said, basically, you want your shires to be nice and sharp and athletic in the summer, and you want them to be dumb and sloth-like in the winter. You don't want them making any sudden moves because you don't want to break traction with the surface. So unfortunately, with Model 3, we don't have the option of going anything smaller than an 18-inch. We're stuck with you know, a 45 series tire. Although I should point out a lot of uh, our customers have gone with the 225.50. I've been recommending that. So if you want ultimate snow traction on the three, I think the 225.50 will give you a slightly better result because it's slightly narrower to cut through the snow and the slush. And that slightly taller sidewall is going to give it a little bit more flexibility. Um, the last thing I want to address, and this comes into the regen issue, is when you go for ultimate performance, you also want to reduce the speed rating. The cart uh, at this point comes with, um, I think they're W-rated tires in, in most cases on the three. Uh, and that's a very high speed rating, you know, 270 kilometers an hour and up. And at that point, uh, you've got a relatively stiff tire in your hands. Winter tires rarely come with anything higher than a V rating. And that's intentional. And generally, for best performance, you want a T or at most an H rating. So something in the uh, 190 kilometer an hour to 210 kilometer an hour range, or if you prefer, um, what's that, 118 or 130 miles an hour. The reason being, again, is if you want to make a tire really work in the snow, you want it to be pliable, you want it to be soft. And that's at odds with the speed rating. In order for the tire to survive these very high speeds, it has to be made relatively rigid. The body of the tire has to be stiff. And that sort of goes against the mission in winter. What Tesla has done is they picked a V-rated tire, the uh, Pirelli Soda Zero, uh, as the approved winter package for the three. And that's what all the tuning was done uh, uh, for it. And it's a good all-around tire. It's certainly a, a perfectly safe winter tire choice. And one of the nice things about it with that high speed rating is it keeps the car's crisp handling, which is a nice bonus. Um, you are sacrificing a little bit of ultimate snow and ice grip, but not that much. And uh, you get to retain the handling characteristics. If you do decide to go with a lower speed rated tire with a softer, uh, what we call squirmier tread, the problem becomes that the car detects the tread blocks moving around. As soon as you release the uh, accelerator and you go into regen mode, it detects this movement in the tread and it thinks, oh, 
the tire is slipping. Oh, I, I better back off on the regen. You know, it just as if you had hitch a patch of ice or something like that. It's always going to back off regen so that you can keep control of the car. The same way the ABS would kick in if you were braking at that point. So what we think is happening is these really squirmy tires are causing the regen to kick out. And uh, it seems to be happening with a wide variety of tires. It's not seemingly isolated yeah, with one or two. The internet has absolutely been flooded with these reports of loss yeah. of regen. Now, I should say, Tesla is aware of the issue. Um, we've even had some communications with them, and they said that they're looking into the issue. But what they do want is that if you have some kind of strange combination of wheel or tire, call your service center, let them know what your combination is so they can add it to the database for testing. So just, just a little PSA. Carry on. Yeah, so I've been following the thread on the on the forum with great interest. If you go to, we actually have like a a winter section now on uh, Model Three Owners Club. There's there's a whole <laughs> oh, series. Oh, it's been of busy. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you, there's like ten items on there. You can select off uh, off the menu of of we'll pick your winter problem, and we uh, will follow up on it for you. But the uh, the regen thing I've been following with great interest. The only thing I can make sense of right now is that if you really want to avoid it in the short term. Stick with a V-rated, uh, one of the high-speed rated winter tires, and that seems to be um, the cure for it. I should also mention, because we went into the segment, and I, I we didn't uh, specify, this only appears to be happening with the rear-wheel drive cars. Mm -hmm. And that has something to do with the way the permanent magnet motor uh, regens. It would seem that if you have the all-wheel drive car, it's less of an issue. The other, the other thing is you're spreading the force of deceleration over two motors and well, two that, axles. That makes so, sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, Nobody with nobody with dual motors, as far as I could tell, seems to be having this issue. Mm -hmm. um, so well, that, I think for the time being, I mean, the vast majority of the cars that were delivered in the northern climates, at least since uh, when they were released uh, late May into June, I mean, they've all been rear-wheel drive cars. So the vast majority of those reports, that's where they're coming from. It's just natural. Yeah. But I, I have a feeling so far it really is. I mean, I, I've yet to see a single person with a dual, and I could be corrected on that. I apologize if someone else there, out there with a duel has that problem. Uh, if so, I'd love to hear from you. You know, chime in on the forums or throw it in the comments if you have a duel and you've experienced this. I haven't seen an instance of it. But um, yeah, if, if you want to avoid it in the short term, stick with a V-rated tire. Um, if not, uh, if you want to go for ultimate winter uh, performance, I do recommend a T or an H rated. You'll have to live with the regen problem for now. Let's hope that Tesla gets uh, a hold of I have great confidence that they'll figure out some algorithm to deal with it in the same way they did with mm -hmm. the braking problem uh, early on with the consumer's report testing. So any, we'll have particular, to see how that goes. any particular make of tire that you that you kind of recommend? Oh, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> I start doing that all of if, if it's not one of my existing suppliers, they'll get terribly oh, okay. offended. Oh, I, right, well. I do have my favorite list. I tend to uh, I throw a lot of love to a lot of different companies. I'll be honest with you though, we're sort of at a really interesting time in the tire industry where it's it's getting harder and harder to find bad tires. Even the entry level ones tend to be quite good. Mm -hmm. uh, and the best of them now are truly astonishing. I also want to just rewind a second. I, I skipped a category early on in my rush to get to the, the region issue. When we talk about there's summer, there is all season, and there's winter, there's a new category called all weather, which is technically an all season tire, but it has this interesting trick in that it, its winter performance is good enough that it's able to pass what we call the severe service um the severe snow service test and it gets the little mountain snowflake which yeah. uh is the only true certification in north america to prove that the tire is accepted for winter use in all markets in quebec you have to have the snowflake on your tire in winter it's the only accepted test uh of the tire as of 2015 and there's a number 
of all season tires now that merit that. And when they get that approval, we tend to refer to them as all weather because they can truly be driven around in the snow. So if you, you know, don't get a huge amount of snow or if you want something that drives a floor and back, you know, from a northern climate, that's that's a great option. Yeah, it's important to know. I don't think a lot of people know Quebec is what you were saying. Quebec is the only place in all of North America has a law. You must have uh, snow tires on your car from a certain time, right? Is that right? Correct. There are regions, there's a lot of mountain passes, you know, especially in the Rockies, both in Canada and the U.S., where you have to have snow chains or winter tires to pass. But those are very specific roads and regions and certain dates. In Quebec, it is from December 15th until March 15th. It is obligatory if your car is registered here. Please, tourists, come visit. That doesn't apply to you. It's just for us locals. I do remember I was at a Tesla Ontario Club meeting Ooh, I guess it was basically a year ago, and we had a presentation by one of the tire companies uh, that came out, and um, they had some reps from Hakapalita, or, yeah, mm-hmm. Nokian, sorry, yeah. Nokian, and they were talking about their Hakapalita tires, and man, I could not believe the technology that goes into tire design today, especially winter, or snow tires. Yeah. These things have, like, little water pumps built into them, and self-retracting studs, and it's crazy. I never thought that they were that good. I- I'll, I'll let it slip. Okay, my okay. sire suppliers aren't listening. The, no, the Nokians are unbelievable. That's what I've been told. We don't actually sell them. It's not. It's it's a very niche boutique line, but they're mind blowingly good. I I've heard had the, many sets of yeah. It's yeah. the no, no yeah Nokian Hakapleta R threes. Yes, I've been told those are just like they're like magic on a Model Three. I I've been searching for a set for months. You can't buy them for love nor money. Yeah, they're I will hard pay to come. Anything. If you have a set for sale, I will pay anything yeah. for them. Well, here in you can't get right now, they're they're back ordered to the end of the year right now in Eastern Canada. Yeah, here in Ontario, um, everybody's looking for them, and they're really they're kind of hard to come by because uh, yeah, yeah, not too many people carry them. But uh, well, it's especially in the size that we need for the three. It's like out of the gate, everybody ordered them, and that was it. It was done. Mm-hmm. There's 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 a number of other ones. I mean, if you search on the forum, everybody's sharing their experiences, and uh, I'm actually going to try. Um, a Nexon model, which is really inexpensive. Mm-hmm. It's the Wingard uh, Sport. It's a V-rated one that we carry. And it was just, it's its something I'm going to try in the short term because I, I'd ordered the Nokians and I can't get them. And I'm anxious to see how they go. It's a V-rated, so it's got nice handling. Um, our man uh, Garsh, Brad Garcia, yep. was up to visit recently. And he yeah, picked I saw up that. a set of those. He seems very happy with them. So cool. who knows? Well, we'll I have a friend of mine down in Pennsylvania. They're Justin Wise. He um, he bought a set of R3s for his Model X, and he sent me a private picture. He says these things are crazy. They're so good. So yeah, he was uh, he was very happy with his purchase. I guess so. Well, having said that, guys, I think it's time for us to sign off this evening. So uh, yeah, Eric, why don't you go first if people want to chit chat with you, where they can find you on the internet. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at the handle ECFIX. That is E-C-F-I-X. And Ian, where can people chit-chat with you? Uh, Twitter as well. The uh, The nickname is Mad Hungarian, but the actual handle is at Ian Pavelko. And you can find me on Model 3 Owners Club as well under the same um, pseudoname, Mad Hungarian. Um, any questions you have about wheels or tires, hit me up on one of the public forums or send me a private message. You know, whatever it is, um, always try to get back to you in 24 hours. Excellent. Well, that's the end of the show, folks. And uh, if you want to follow me, my Twitter handle is at Model3Owners. And uh, by all means, check out the forum, Model3OwnersClub.com. That's the best place for Model 3 information. I want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Fine Lab. 
EV Annex and Dolaban Insurance Brokers. Those guys are awesome. Thanks for sponsoring the show. And uh, lastly, our Patreon sponsors. You can find them at patreon.com forward slash model three owners club. Those guys pay the bills. Anyways, that's it for this today's show, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening wherever you happen to be. We'll see you later. Good night. Goodbye. Bonsoir. Bonsoir.